Hey, this is Brian Miller, the interim pastor at Crossroads Community Church. I've been here, uh, I've been hanging around at least since July of 2022, and I think Eddie uh, transitioned with me in September of 22. So so I've been here for a year, and I've been uh, the interim kind of officially for nine months, and I've enjoyed it. Uh, what a good group of people. I, I I, I did not expect to enjoy this interim as much. I did not uh, expect to feel this accepted. Um, this this um, you know just being part of the family and and that's happened very quickly. And I've appreciated it. My family's appreciated it. it gives us a place to 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 feel like is home for a while and. It's just been a wonderful experience uh, as the interim. I think it really uh, hits on several of my strengths. And so some people have asked, you know, why aren't you staying? And uh, long-term is not my strength. Long-term pastoring is not my strength. My strength is coming in and helping uh, churches through transition and organizations through transition and uh, developing leadership, and I'm I'm really good at that. And you know, I don't speak too badly <laughs> either. I don't think I think I do a good job most of the time with the preaching, and and happy to do it and join it. I wanted to take some time now. We're you know as we're nine months into this transition, and and I'm hoping that it's a year transition. That was always my expectation. And I think, um, you know, whenever you go through a change, there's always a time of of nervousness, uh, particularly maybe when you're coming out of the change. So for the nine months, we've been in what I would call the neutral zone, a transitionary period when we don't know what the future is. It's kind of like going on a bridge and, you know, you're neither in one state or the other when you cross the river. You, you know, if you were just to set up camp on the bridge, that would be really awkward and uh, confusing at times. And that's what we've done. And we've done a great job of setting up camp on the bridge. But, but it's, you know, it's time to transition to a, a full-time uh, uh, lead pastor, not an interim, you know, who's going to be here for the next hopefully several years. And I'm just looking forward to that for you. As a church, I, I I think you're ready for that. I think I think that's what our desire has been. And and through this transition, at least right now, I mean, especially when you're in transition, you need to communicate, 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 so that everybody knows what's going on, and everybody knows, um, you know, all there is to know, I guess. And and I think we've we've hit a spot in the last uh, I don't know maybe month where. I don't, I'm sure people don't feel like they know everything, like things have been kept from them or, you know, some things have changed and they're not sure why things have changed. And so I want to spend some time, uh, I'm going to try not to spend more than an hour so that you can, you know, you may want to sit down. (laughs) If If you're not sitting down, you may want to get a cup of coffee. Um, I'll try not to go an hour. I won't go over an hour. I, I promise that. But there's there's uh, some questions I've I've just heard stirring, and I've narrowed it down to five questions. No one in particular has told me these five questions, but as I as I listen to the concerns, some things that have been shared, 
Um, I think it, I think it kind of boils down to these five questions and here's the five questions. The five questions are, when are you leaving? The second question is, why is everything being done in secret? The third question is, when are we going to hear some prospective pastors preach? The fourth question is, is who is the church as a God and why can't we just be independent? And the fifth question is, why do we have women pastors when the Bible says we shouldn't? Interesting questions. Great questions. I'm happy to answer all five of those questions. If there's five more questions you want me to answer, I I will be happy to sit down and uh, answer that in any any forum. You know, I can I, you know a podcast. I can get it out to a lot of people quickly. Um, but I'm happy to sit down with you one on one. I'm happy to sit down with a group. I'm, I'm I'm happy to. It's it's my pleasure to uh, have conversation with anyone and everyone about how things are going and and where we're at in this transition. So let me let me um, start with the uh, first question. When are you leaving? Uh, here is the here is the definitive answer to when I'm leaving. I will leave when Crossroads has a new pastor. I'll leave when Crossroads has a new pastor, and I won't and I won't leave before that. I know I said I was going to be here a year. I know uh, you know. That would put it in September officially. Um, I I will leave when Crossroads has a new pastor. If they have a new pastor in September, then then I'll be done. If they don't have a new pastor till January of what twenty twenty four, then I'll be here till January of twenty twenty four. I'm not going to leave you uh, almost there. I, I I couldn't do it. You know, we're almost to the. The promised land, you know, we're almost to the finish line. I'm not a quitter. I can't imagine. I, I Responsibility seems to be my middle name. I couldn't possibly leave you hardly under any circumstance until I've delivered the church to into the hands of a, a great, you know, new pastor. And so... One year ago, uh, almost one year ago to the day, not quite, about a week apart, um, I, I gave a little talk at the church on July 24th, 2022, and I said there's four things that I'm going to do during this interim, just so you can have an idea what my role is going to be, how I'm going to help. Number one is uh, a transition from Pastor Eddie and Diana. So, so really, just kind of like we're going to pull onto the bridge. Eddie and Diana are going to go, and I'm, you know, we're 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 leaving them behind, or they're leaving us, or however you want to say it. And uh, one thing I would do is help that transition. I'll I'll, I'll take their their place. I'll I'll be around. I'll I'll hold down the preaching. You know, I'll, I'll make sure the church is still moving forward. Um, you know, and we, we grieved the loss of Eddie and Diana for sure. There were, I remember one Sunday, it's like, it was the first Sunday that Eddie wasn't there. I remember just saying, you know, I feel his lack of presence here this morning. So, and I think we've done well at that. I think we've done well at that. I, I've heard good, only good things 
about my role as as far as it's come um, in, in helping to, to hold that transition from Pastor Eddie and Diana. Uh, the second thing I said I would do is develop leaders, both staff and lay leaders. It's something I'm naturally good at. Um, we had a, Crossroads is just full of possible leaders, and, and so I, I have spent, um, you know, nine months to a year working with the staff, helping to align the staff to our mission and vision, uh, just working, you know, helping them get focused on what their roles are. And I've also worked with lay leaders, lay leaders meaning not staff. So we had four deacons. I've spent a lot of time working with the deacons, talking to the deacons, helping to establish their role, giving them appropriate authority. There was real question about how much authority they had, and and it, there is not a question anymore about how much authority they have. They have uh, tremendous authority, and uh, we trust them, and they've done a great job with that, and I continue to work with them. We're, we're, we're probably going to add some elders soon and, um, um, not, not the lay leaders, uh, elders. And, uh, I look forward to developing and working with them. So I think that's been a great part of the process. The third thing I said I would do, uh, July 24th, 2022 was create a process to find a new pastor. <clears throat> and there is a process, you, you know, you don't just have to say, does anybody know anybody? You know, can we get somebody to come in and, um, anybody, you know, that's what, that's what I hear a lot of, you know, does anybody, does anybody know a name? Somebody that might be able to take this, this job, you know, we're a, we're a big church. We're a pretty big church. And that's not the way you replace a leader at an organization. You know, if you had a, a big company or whatever, you wouldn't just say, does anybody know anybody? You do a search. You'd have a process. You might look at some people inside and you might look at some people outside and you do a, you do a full search to get the best person you could possibly get. And I have done that. I've set up a process led by Jordan Norwig to find the next pastor for Crossroads to, to, to do ever take every step possible to find the best fit. Someone that can take us into the next, you know, Eddie was here almost 25 years to take us, into the next 25 years, or at least 10 or 15. And the fourth thing I said I would do is preach about Jesus, and and that I have done. I've been in the Gospel of Matthew uh, almost every Sunday, certainly over 95% of the time. I'm in the Gospel of Matthew, and I'm talking about Jesus because I want people to know Jesus. I mean, like literally know Jesus. I want them to hear from Jesus. I want Jesus to be transforming people's lives it's just it's just essential to me that people hear about Jesus and and I've done that and I so I'm just looking back at the four things I said I would do and I'm feeling pretty good about it to be honest because I've done everything I said I was going to do so when am I leaving when you have a new pastor and and these four things that I've done over the last year have been to prepare you for a new pastor and I feel like you are prepared. Some things needed to be clarified uh, and aligned and uh, understood before, I think, a healthy transition to a new pastor. You know, you went from a founding pastor to now the next pastor. And, and I truly believe 
if you would have went straight to a new pastor, you would have uh, you would have a disaster on your hands. I think. I think I think there might have been a firing, you know, of the pastor, if possible. It's not even sure how the pastor could get fired the way it was, and um, I think you'd had a a real mess. But now you won't. Now you won't because we've we've set everything up into a, a really good position for the church to 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 get a new pastor to understand how it's going to function, how it's going to work. It's all been done. It's all it's all taken care of. So here's the second question, and it's a it's an interesting question. And I, why is everything being done in secret? Well, absolutely nothing is being done in secret. I I'm assuming because we haven't communicated as often and as clearly, and and that's on me. That's my fault. If it's anybody's fault of why we haven't communicated well enough, that's that's you know I'm responsible for all this process, and so. I apologize that if we haven't communicated uh, as clearly. It's probably a lot to do with finding a new pastor. Since you haven't seen anything and you haven't heard anything in particular, you've heard a little bit from Jordan, you know, it could be like, oh, this is all a secret process. There, there are no secret processes at Crossroads. There just aren't. That's not the way we do things. It's very transparent. I've said that since... My first day is that we'll be very transparent with with all, all everything we do will be accessible to people, um, and and it has been, and so uh, you know that's there there is nothing being done in secret. So let me maybe let me bring you up to speed on some things, you know as well. The, the deacons have been given a lot of authority. The deacons it was really murky about what authority the deacons had. And truly, they didn't have much authority. And today, you know, we've created some bylaws to really spell out very clearly what the authority of the deacons and the elders will be um, going forward. And that's not been a secret process. Bill Snodgrass has been in every meeting from the beginning of what these bylaws were going to look like. You know, bylaws aren't something I think you can create, you know, in front of everybody. It's a process. We put some stuff forward. We say that's not good. We craft it. You know, we get the wording right. We have to really think about things that we've never thought about before. We look at other examples of it. The bylaws are in, uh, uh, I think, in great shape. They took longer than I hoped, and that may have a feeling of why it's in secret. Um, you know, there, there should now be bylaws available, uh, in the church lobby that you can pick up and you can read for yourself. There's no, there is no secret and, and you know what? They can be modified. I, I'm not convinced that they're exactly right. Um, I don't know that you get things exactly right. The first time the constitution had 10, you know, immediate bill of, uh, rights, the amendments, it's had a lot of amendments over the, you know, the history of it. This this will be amended, I'm sure, you know, as we figure out what's working, what's not working. But but I think for the most part, I don't even know I'm going to say the most part. I mean, I'm just qualifying unnecessarily. But everything's just pretty clear in the bylaws about how how authority works in the church. And it's, it's given, you know, to uh, 
It's 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 it, the, the authority is not heavily in the hands of the staff. It's it's heavy in the hands of the deacons, and what will be lay elders um, coming soon. I you know even right when I started meeting with staff, I invited uh, a few people just to come in and observe and listen and be a part of that to make sure we are on the right track. Always have been very open about how that works. Um, we now have one year, three year and 10 year goals that were created by the deacons and the staff at a retreat in January of uh, 22 in Nashville, Indiana. Uh, these aren't secret. These are very public. We've talked about them. You know what our goals are and uh, everything's, we want everything out in the open very much so. And, and I've tried to answer every question anyone's ever asked me and I'll continue to do that. You may may not always like my answer. I don't know, but I'm happy to answer um, questions. So that's the second question. Why is everything being done in secret? Which it's not. And I'm going to take another sip of coffee. So another pause here. The third question is, when are we going to hear some prospective pastors preach? You know, that's a great question. And that's, that's the way a lot of churches find their next pastor is they have somebody come in and preach. I was, um, I was, I was involved with a church, um, a while back that we, we tried to get them an interim and it didn't happen, which broke my heart. It would have been so helpful to them after a long founding pastor as well. And, um, then they just started having, uh, uh, you know, a prospective pastor come in and speak you know, week after week. I don't know how many they had, six, eight. I don't know. Week after week, they had a new prospective pastor come in and speak. And then, and then after all that, they stopped and talked about who, who might've worked. And I'll just be honest with you, at least my opinion, that is gotta be the worst way to bring in a new pastor. It, it just, it, it's just not helpful. And, and the only thing you'd get to do is hear them preach and there's so much more to pastoring than preaching. There's so much more to leading a church the size of Crossroads. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's so much more to leading a church the size of Crossroads than um, preaching. You, you need somebody who's a good leader of staff. You need someone who's a good leader of a church. You need someone who has a real heart for, you know, seeking God's... Um, will and there's just so many pieces that need to be in place that just hearing somebody preach isn't isn't going to tell you anything I, you know I, I hope everybody can preach one really good sermon <laughs> you know and um so so that's not the way it's going to work there is a search committee set up led by Jordan Norwig I think I have the list here of people who are on it um Carissa Huff April Cox, Rich McPhail, Jay Baker, Bill Snodgrass, Jordan Norwig. And I'm uh, I'm an advisor to that group. I haven't been at every meeting. They've just Jordan's just led the group so well. They they did some thinking about what they want. Uh they they uh got some input from the church. So again, not secret. You know, what are you, what are the people looking for in the church? I got I think I got 40 people to respond to that question. So they're keeping that in mind, and they've put together a job description. And uh, just this week, 
it went live on at least on our website and um, at a few places. There's a few places you can post um, um, your your you know you're looking for a pastor and people you know from all over know where to come and look. Um, I'm I'm planning on you know, working my networks to see, if, you know, just who might be possible to come in. That's going to be open. Jordan's going to talk about that. That's going to be open for a couple of weeks. And then, and then the search committee is going to look at all of the applications and they're going to narrow it down and they're going to start, you know, doing some interviews of people um, to see, to see, to see who just might be the best person who could come in and, and be our lead pastor. And finally, they're going to do maybe one or two or three very, uh, I don't I say intense, you know, uh, interviews to, to find out all they can and help them discern who the next pastor should be. And then that, that search committee of those people I named, six, six people, will send a name to the leadership team, which is the deacons and the elders. And the deacons and elders will decide who the next pastor is. That's a good process. That's a good process. And that, that should help us find the absolute best person. And, you know, it's why, why can't we all just see it and vote on it? Because, because when you vote, you just, you make losers out of people and, and you don't get the unity you're looking for. And, and I get, there's all kinds of ways of doing it. You know, in the Bible, and I laugh when Judas Iscariot was not no longer one of the uh, 12 disciples, they needed to replace the 12th disciple. And you can read about this in Acts. They, they, uh, they chose two good people, and then they flipped a coin. They flipped a coin to let God choose. And maybe that's what we ought to do is to choose two good people or six and roll a dice. Or, But that's not what we're doing. We're... We're, we're narrowing it down. Very good process led by Jordan Norwig, who's been at the church for, you know, since he was a teenager, upstanding in the community. Up to me, he's a pillar of the community. He's a director of the library system. Um, very, very much working a process involving everybody on the team. You know, uh, anyway, again, not being done in secret being done very well and um you know that's that's happening now and and maybe you know at this rate i hesitate to say i would say i would say there's a good chance very good chance we're going to know who the next pastor is uh by september by september whether that pastor can come in september it depends on their current situation they may need to work their way out of a, a different situation and they can't just up and leave. They need time to transition, maybe to move to the area. I, I don't know what. So hopefully we'll know who it is by September and we'll know when they're they're coming and, and I will I will stick around until they do. So that's the third question. The fourth question is uh, who is the churches of God and why can't we just be independent? That's a great question, and and the reason this came up is because in the bylaws, it talks about our relationship with the Churches of God General Conference, which which is a a group of about 300 churches 
across the United States and, and lots more worldwide. And uh, it's not very big. 300 churches <laughs> is not a big denomination. It's a very small denomination. It's mostly rural. There are some urban uh, settings, but but almost all of it's rural, like Sullivan, small towns. Um, it's 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 conservative, and 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 the only thing maybe not conservative about them is that they have since 1858 ordained women, and um, that it always surprises me when somebody might say like, "Oh, churches of God is liberal." It's it is most definitely not liberal. It is it is conservative. And um, they have a, a very straightforward doctrine um, about Jesus Christ and, and who he is, that he's the son of God, that he died for our sins, that he rose again from the grave, that he's coming back. You know, this this idea of redemption of people, it's 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 just the it's just basic Christian doctrine without, you know, going too far or trying to define things beyond maybe what what we know we can define and and beyond that they're very they're very supportive they're very encouraging um they're much more about uh developing a church than they are dictating to a church i've never seen a church particularly in the midwest dictated to in any in any way and you know i i've been very comfortable with them um when the the church crossroads was planted it was planted by the churches of god i mean it was it was eddie that planted it but his backing, both financial and his, um, you know, his, the authority he had as a pastor, all all came from the churches of God, and that included money and people. I remember 1998 when, um, uh, when Crossroads was founded. I was around, and uh, the, the some area churches, such as Casey White Oak Church of God, sent people over to Sullivan to pass out bulletins, to, to, to give away donuts, uh, to, to whatever. I remember that. It was the Churches of God. There's another one in Bloomfield, Indiana, um, called the Tulip Church of God. And, uh, you know, the, I, these are not, the Churches of God is not a, a mystery denomination. We've been kind of part of it the whole time we've been through it. And I'll, I'll give you another example Every pastor we've had at Crossroads, any pastor who's been on staff, and, and there, there may be an exception or two, but, but every pastor who's been on staff at Crossroads has been licensed or ordained through, you guessed it, the Churches of God General Conference. All of them, Eddie, me, Steve, Kurt, um, Dave Cousin, I, I, I'm sure there are others I, I can't always name, but 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 almost every one of them has been licensed or ordained through the churches of God. So we have relied on them um, to uh, have our process of, of of who can be a pastor. We've relied on that for the whole time of the church. Um, and as you know, we added Pastor um, uh, Peter and Pastor Erica and Pastor Stephanie. I have worked with the churches of God because that's the only thing I've known that church Crossroads has done. And um, all the licensing has been done uh, through them, and and everybody's been licensed. So I mean, it's a good process. It, they have a good process, and we don't have to wonder. We don't have to to make up our own process. You know, when Peter Bales decided to go to seminary, 
and I wasn't part of that conversation. I don't even know what the conversation was. He picked Weinbrenner Theological Seminary. Well, Weinbrenner is John Weinbrenner started the Churches of God in 1825. So you can guess again, it's Churches of God um, Seminary. And when Eddie was looking for a replacement, even before me, um, I, I kind of know who some of those people that we were looking at, they were all Churches of God. They were all Churches of God pastor. So, so you know, we've said kind of officially that we're part of the Churches of God. It's in our, in our bylaws, but nothing changed. Honestly, nothing changed. There were no conversations. There were no secret meetings. There was no sacrifice of animals and blood written down on a document. Um, there really was no, were no conversations with the churches of God. We just recognized that we have been with them for 25 years and that, you know, that that's been a good relationship for us and that we would continue that relationship, which we, we're just, nothing's changed. It's, it's only clarified. And I think that's true. I don't think there's hardly any changes been made at Crossroads. I think there was a lot of things that were murky and uh, unclear. And I've done some work to clarify those things. And so that's that's a part of, you want to know more about the churches of God, happy to talk about it. Um, uh, I just have been so pleased, impressed by the folks. They, they're just salt of the earth people, the, you know, the, the director of the general conference grew up uh, near us in Charleston, Illinois, and uh, uh, baled hay and raised cows. I mean, you know, and and uh, the director of the Midwest region, Travis Bodden. I don't know if he had cows or not, but grew up in a small town and, you know, understands this feel. This is, this makes sense to me. So not anything new, just a recognition of something that's just honestly been true for 25 years and maybe not as clear. And, and I'll just, I'll also say, why can't we just be independent within the churches of God? You are pretty independent. You know, you, the, the authority to pick your pastor is yours. The, uh, the authority to, you know, to believe, you know, some specific things about what you want to believe is your, they, they just don't, fiddle with that kind of stuff. They're just a great group to be a part of, and they do a lot of global work. Um, and, and anyway, so that's the answer to question number, I think, four. Question number five is, why do we have women pastors when the Bible says we shouldn't? I, I'm going to start out by saying this. Uh, the Bible says we should. And you can say, well, no, it doesn't. <laughs> I raised my voice a little bit. No, it doesn't kind of clear in Timothy and Titus that that pastors are to be men. Leaders in the church are supposed to be men. And I I I disagree. There, you know, you can you can read that section. And if you only read that section, you can say, well, that's just couldn't be more clear. And and you're right. If you only read that section and you read it very literally and you 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 decide that's what it means, then then that's what it means. And there is no there is no other choice. It's it's just not. But when I read the the whole Bible, one one there there are women listed, I, and I'm not going to go through this. You can you can find this. There's some papers going around. You know, you can read my paper or whatever. Not that I wrote it, but 
there there are women mentioned, you know, and throughout the New Testament uh, as leaders, uh, even as apostles. Um, and so that just leads me to believe that when the apostle Paul talked like that, he was talking about a particular situation um, and maybe just talking in general. So I, I just don't, I, I think women can be pastors. I think women can be uh, leaders in the church. Um, I, I just don't, I don't agree. And, and the church is a God and it's not, this is, you know, this is not the, the, the rock of the argument, but the churches of God have, uh, recognized women in ministry since 1858, 1858. So I just don't want you to think, Oh gosh, you know, crossroads is now just going, whatever people want to do, they're, they're on that bandwagon, you know, it doesn't, they, nobody's reading the Bible anymore. They've been doing this since 1858. Um, because, because that's when, the great awakening was occurring. It was, it was the civil war. There was so much going on and women were being called by God to preach and to lead in various areas. And the churches of God saw that movement of the spirit and they recognized it. They're not the only ones, the assembly of God, which is a very conservative denomination has recognized women since the 1800s, uh, the Wesleyan church, uh, the Nazarene, again, the Nazarene are a very conservative church, and they've recognized women ministers uh, for, you know, 150 years, almost 200 years. And, you know, what do you do when you have disagreements about interpretation? I think it, I think it can depend. I mean, one of the first ones I remember about disagreement of interpretation was when Galileo, you know, who invented the telescope and figured a lot of things out about uh, the way that planets um, orbit. And it was believed before Galileo, because it's in the Bible, that the sun revolved around the earth, that the stars revolved around the earth. Everything revolved around the earth. All the planets revolved around the earth. And Galileo figured out, no, it, it all revolves around the sun, and, um, you know, we're in a galaxy and, and they put him in jail. The church put him in jail because he said the earth's not the center. You know, we've, we've done that a bit and I can, I can give all kinds of examples. And, and I think, I think we have to be, to find a way to be like, we don't all completely agree on the doctrine, on this doctrine, on that doctrine, you know, as, and yet stay together unified. You know, I think it's a, you know, in some ways a very terrible thing how many denominations are, how many views of doctrine there are. They're all, every denomination is about a different view of doctrine. I, I see things so differently than you. I have to be, you know, I have to leave. You know, there were two uh, uh, churches of God that were kind of together, the, the Churches of God General Conference, which is what we're a part of, and the, and the Churches of God that's based in um, Anderson, Indiana. And, you know, the differences between the reason why they split was over understanding of membership and end times. And, you know, as I look at it today, I'm like, I'm, I'm not sure it mattered. And, 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 you know, a, a joke I tell, it may not be funny to you, is the Church of God Anderson grew, but, 
you know, what we like to say, and I, I don't know, we like to say it, is that we were right, you know. So we were right, but we have stayed 300 churches and not grown. And, uh, you know, what's that all about? So, so you can have this disagreement. I remember a guy I wanted to work with in ministry, and he was Pentecostal of some sort, and he didn't believe I had the Holy Spirit because I don't speak in tongues. Well, I don't speak in tongues. I, I'm not opposed to speaking in tongues. It's not a biblical reason I don't speak in tongues. It's because I have not or, you know, I don't. And um, I'm willing to. <laughs> you know, I'm not close to it. I just haven't. But he read the Bible to say that if you don't have the Holy Spirit, you're not. Uh, if you haven't spoken in tongues, you don't have the Holy Spirit. And I said to him, you know I have the Holy Spirit. And he said, I do know. What's the problem? Well, Scripture stopped us from working together because Scripture said I can't have the Holy Spirit, even though he knew I did. And I just, honestly, I just can't understand that. We have to find a way to be unified at some level. And, you know, the issue for me that that really strikes, you know, where I have to draw the line are the things about Jesus, about, you know, he was the son of God, that he he was fully God, fully human, that he died on the cross, that he rose again, that he, he forgives us for our sins, he broke death, uh, he overcame Satan, uh, and he's coming back to set up his kingdom. You know, those those are half-to things for me. And, uh, and those things are all absolutely solidly in place. And, um, yeah. And so again, you might think, oh, well, we're just, we're just going with what's new, but we're not, we're not going with what's new. We're, we're going with, you know, our understanding of the Bible and particularly with, with, you know, when, and also with women pastors at, at Crossroads, we've had women pastors before. This isn't new. This isn't a change. Uh, I've known we had women pastors before, and and so when when uh, women came on staff under uh, my leadership, you know, I sat down and talked to them and said, you know, is this a staff position or is this a pastor position? And they and they were like, well, I don't I don't know how to think about that. And I said, you know, do you have a calling on your life from God, calling you to pastoral ministry? And they said, I do. I do. And so certainly I'm looking at the Bible to understand if we have women pastors or not. And I think there's clear evidence of women leaders throughout the New Testament and even in the Old Testament, strangely enough, because that's that's where you can really see a line drawn more in the Old Testament. A lot of things changed in the New Testament. Um, I'm looking at Scripture, and I'm also looking at what God's calling. And I truly believe in my spirit that God's calling the women we have on staff as the ones we're uh, uh, recognizing as pastors. I recognize that there's a calling on their life. It's not just like, oh, we'd like to do that or we want to break a barrier. That was never any thought of mine. Um, and so, so we do recognize women as pastors. And, you know, there's a lot of that going on right now, and it's it's interesting. It's not 
you know, I, I hate the word woke, but it's not the, the place you see it right now. The most is with the Southern Baptist church. There are some churches that are recognizing women leaders and the Southern Baptist denomination is saying, you can't be a part of us. Even though they say there's authority in the local church, they will not give authority to the local churches to have women as pastors. So they've kicked out Saddleback Church, which is one of the biggest churches in the United States. Uh, Rick Warren, who wrote uh, Purpose Driven Life, very, and he's a, honestly, he's, I hate to keep saying this, but just because I think it's part of the issue, he's a very conservative guy. And he's recognizing women leaders in the church. There's a church on the East Coast called Elevate, which is a good sized mega church. And um, they they went ahead and pulled out because they they have women pastors on staff and just really didn't want to fight that fight. So it's interesting that that's that is a fight that's out there, but I don't feel like it's a conservative liberal fight. I feel like it's a conservative conservative fight, and I I don't think we're on the wrong side of that. So that's it. That's the five questions. Uh, I hope that was helpful. I'm happy to talk to you more uh, one-on-one in a group. Keep the communication going. Happy to talk about it. I feel really good about where Crossroads is, where it's going. I've wanted to absolutely stay true to the heart of what Crossroads uh, always has been. And it is a safe place for people to come and seek the truth. And that has what it's been, and that's what it will continue to be. And I think we're set up for that journey um, just really, really well. You know, it's easy when you lose your founding pastor to kind of want to batten down the hatches, want to really tie things down. And I've really wanted to make sure we don't lose the vision that Eddie Hammond brought to Crossroads in the beginning, a place where people could come and 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 seek God in a safe environment uh, to figure it out, you know, with friends and and and, and guidance. Uh, just grateful for it. I just think we're really set up for that. I I hope you know. I hope you agree. I do hope you agree. And um, anyway, let me um, let me pause just for a second. I want to read a uh, a scripture that stood out to me. Today to you um, from Psalm 121. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon at night. Blessings to you. Uh, Thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of Crossroads. And uh, I hope to uh, see you soon. God bless.